again, Isaiah, if you want to turn to the 35th chapter, um, mark that for just a moment. Our scripture reading this morning will begin in Luke chapter 3, but uh, you can go ahead and mark Isaiah chapter 35, and we'll get to there in just a moment. So go ahead and mark your Bibles for Isaiah chapter 35, and you can turn over to Luke chapter 3. We'll take any scripture reading there. Luke chapter 3, skip down to the 5th verse. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Quoting again what come from uh, the book of Isaiah. But again, notice what happens to the path that we're on. Go ahead and turn back to the book of Isaiah. We were singing a song um, just a little bit ago that talked about the journey or the path that we're on and where it's going to end and what's going to happen. This morning I want you to think about what it's like to be a wayfaring stranger. A wayfaring stranger this morning. Yes, I know there's a, a song that's sung about that, but remember this. The word wayfaring means you're afoot. You're not any on any kind of an animal. You're not any kind of mode of transportation. You are afoot. Now, if I was on an animal, I would depend on the obedience of the animal or the health of an animal. If I'm in any kind of a carriage, I depend upon the, the uh, mobility of that carriage and maybe even the functionality of that that I can get to where I'm going. If you are afoot, you only have one thing you need. Your own personal help. Isaiah chapter 35 talks about the king's highway. And um, when you think about the king's highway, it's a way that God said, this is where I want you to go. This is a path that I want you to trod down, but I will see you through. You see, a lot of times when the people of Israel spent 38 years in the wilderness, God said it's time to move. And on the move, they would go through certain territories or what's known as the King's Highway is an elevated road. It's a high road. But God said if you're going to go through this, what they had to do was they had to write to the king and say, we're coming through your area and we are coming down the king's highway. In other words, we need your permission to go down this road. Now, I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying, God told Moses and the people of Israel where to go. Well, in the book of Isaiah chapter 35, let's read for just a minute. Skip down to the 8th verse. And the highway shall be there. There's a way, there's a path. Your mind this morning may think about many scriptures, many places where it's about us and how we are afoot and how that we are on a journey. But remember this, folks, every journey has a destination. I don't know where you expect to live uh, in this life, but I do know this, that we have residence, we have places that we live. But I also know this, folks, when we leave this life, there's a place that we're going to step off into eternity. Listen to what happened. He said, there's a way, there's a path. You see, a lot of times when the, when 
when in the Old Testament, if they were on a journey or they were on a path that that they would create some kind of a uh, that would create if some kind of a uh, accident would happen that somebody was killed unawares that, that they would flee to a city of refuge and what that means is is that there was a road or there was a path that they could go to to find safety remember this Jesus himself said straight is a gate and narrow is the way we are on a journey we are where fame strangers as we see sometimes if, if, if we are uh, just that, that we are wayfaring, that just means we're afoot. And this stranger just means this is not our destination. We are headed for something. Let's keep reading this verse. And a highway shall be there. But it goes on to say, and there is a way, which is a road or it's a path. It's a life that we should live. And here's what the name of this highway is. This is called... The highway of holiness. Now I want you to notice, if you could get in your heart and in your mind a minute, a path, a road, or you might even think a place. But notice the absence of things that are there. You and I today, aren't you glad today to know that where we're going is going to take us to a place where these things are going to be absent? In the way of holiness, notice what it says. The unclean shall not pass over it. So what Isaiah is telling us is there is a difference between those that are clean versus those that are unclean. They are on two different paths. Do you know what this church can tell you profoundly with the deep conviction this morning? Folks, you are on one of two paths. You're either headed for heaven or you're headed for hell. There's no in-between. We're not going to call it a, a, a purgatory area. You this morning, every one of us, we are headed for heaven and we're headed for hell. You know what? This morning when I read this verse that Isaiah said, he said, you're in a place that you're leading to a place where there's no unclean there. There's no mixture. There's no, there's no mingling together. He said, there's going to be a divide. So what happened is, is that there's no unclean thing, he said, shall pass over it. But it shall be for those. Who are the people on this road? Who are the people today? We, we've already read to you Luke's gospel and we're going to close with that in a minute maybe. But it talks about Jesus said for those that belong to Him, what He does for them in their life. He makes their path much different than those that are unsaved folks. It is a different path. If you're on a path to heaven and you're on a path to hell, those are two different paths this morning. Where are you headed is a question today that, that not only do I ask this gathering of people, but I ask a world out there today, where are you going when you leave this life? I'm a wayfaring stranger this morning. I'm a person that is afoot. I am walking through this world, but I know the destination and I know the end result. If you are saved by God's grace, you too know that. Sadly, there's even people that know they're going to go to hell question is, what are they going to do about it? He said, I'm going to set a path. He said, I'm going to set the king's highway. We're going to talk about the king's highway here in just a moment. But along this, this highway of holiness, he said, notice how that there's going to be a removal of all of these evil things. You and I, when we get to be uh, saved and we get to be a part of the Lord's church in this life, we get to be a part of things that are, are how wonderful they are. But he said, it shall be found there and the redeemed shall walk there. This is the verse. Excuse me, back up, read the early part of that ninth verse. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up their own. It shall not be found there. 
but the redeemed shall walk there. He's talking about the difference in the redeemed. Remember the word deemed means paid the required price. Folks, God paid the required price for the soul of a man, and that's His Son, Jesus. Anything that you want to give God for your soul, your works, or your means, or your methods, you're going to come up short. But folks, if you can give the works of the Holy Spirit inside of you to God, you are part of the redeemed. But notice the difference in the past. He said, on this path, he said, there's no lion that's going to be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. 38 years they had wandered in the wilderness, and God said, I want you to go to this particular place. Now, we're going to read about this in, in the book of Numbers in just a little bit. But you see, when God sent his people on this, this king's highway, when he sent them on a, it was a trade route. It was a trade route that they could go, but in order to do that, they had to get the king's permission. And in Numbers chapter 20, we're going to see there was two kings that the people of Israel were going to go through in Numbers chapter 20. But in that, they were going to get permission to be able to go through that. And we only have record of what one king said. One king said, no. But here's what's going to happen in that account in just a minute. We're going to see that God said, if this is the way I want you to go, I will provide a way for you. Aren't you glad this morning to know that God said He's going to give us what it is that we stand in need of as we go through this journey of life? Listen to what He talks about in verse 8. He said, that, that He says, The unclean shall not pass over it. This morning I believe that God gives us something that's clean. Not worldly clean, but I believe it's a godly clean. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 14, remember, when he, remember what Isaiah said, that on this road or on this path that we're on, when you talk about even a gathering of God's people in the church, or you talk about a journey or a path that we are on, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says this, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ of Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. <clears throat> Listen to what he instructs them to do. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Remember, if something is unclean, it's contaminated. God said, you need to get away from it. Isn't it amazing that, that on this road to holiness, that, that we have to come to a place that we can get away from all the uncleanness of the world? Folks, the world does not belong in the church. The world does not belong in God's people. Remember the difference that Jesus said, that you might be in this world, but you are not to be of this world? We go out in the world today and we get amongst so many unclean things, but then we wonder, can we touch these things that are unclean? Jesus said, no, you don't touch them. You, you don't contaminate yourself in that capacity. You separate from those things. And listen to what, what, what Paul is writing here. He said, and you will be a father unto you as shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I believe today that peace is not in what we find in the world. I believe there's a peace that we find inside of us. 
We read in the book of Psalms 122 and verse 7 says, Peace be within thy walls. Peace be within thy walls. Where's your peace at today? When we're talking about the King's Highway, remember the King's Highway said, we're going to remove all of these things. Do you have peace inside of you that means that there is nothing unclean inside of you. And what I mean by unclean is that your soul is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and when your soul is saved, it becomes spotless. It becomes cleansed by the blood, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done, the work on the cross and the blood of Jesus that is applied to our soul. Aren't you glad today to know that we have something inside of us that is pure and clean? He said, don't touch any unclean thing. Now, we have to do that in our flesh, and I get that. But he said, it's the soul that we've got to protect. But again, the psalmist is saying in Psalm 122, he said, peace be within thy walls. Where he goes on to say, notice what he says in this 7th and the 8th verse. He says, for my brethren and companions' sake, peace be within thee. He said, my walls are surrounded. That means I feel like that I'm safe and secure. You may tell you something about the king's highway. The King's Highway was a way, you and I might have back roads. These King's Highways, they were trade routes and they were taken care of. If this is the way that the King, one, not only controlled but traveled, I assure you those roads were going to be taken care of. All the evil, all the harm, all the thieves and the robbers and the animals, all these things were going to be, every effort was going to be taken to make sure that these were safe paths. You and I today, I, I pray that we would understand that, that we, you and I today, that we're just wayfaring strangers in this life, that we are afoot. And I'll tell you this, if you've ever been out in a countryside somewhere, if you're in a vehicle, do you feel safe that maybe some animal's not going to get a hold of you or you don't, you don't feel that you can outrun something? What happens when you're walking? Do you think there's a difference in your safety level when you are walking around? Walking around where the lines exist. What if you were walking around where the thieves were and the robbers were? What if you were walking around where, in our neck of the woods, what if you were walking around where bears were? You would feel unsafe. Remember as wayfaring strangers, we are afoot. We are on a path. But listen to what God is telling us through Isaiah. He is telling us, he said, but you that are saved people, he said, your soul is in a place that can't be harmed. Don't fear to walk down this path that there's something that's going to hurt you, he said, for you're not. He said, you will find peace inside of you. Peace be within thy walls. But look what happens here. In Isaiah chapter 35, he said, talks about the safety we're having. He said, as wayfaring men shall not err therein. Listen to what Isaiah is telling us. He said, when we are strangers and we are on the king's highway, when we are on this, this high road, you might even want to call it that, when we are on this highway or this high road, I believe that you and I, if we are saved by the grace of God, we are safe. Today, let me tell you something. I know we talk about this in, in previous worship service. Folks, if your soul is kept by God, your soul is safe. But if your soul is not kept by God, you are in danger Two different Past. Jesus declared that again. We talked about in, in Matthew's gospel how that, that there's two gates. He said, for straight is the gate, narrows the way. Broad is the gate, broad is the way. There's two different paths. But listen to the path that Isaiah is talking about here in the book of Isaiah. How he's talking about that, that, that a highway shall be there. He said, a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. 
And the un unclean thing shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men through fools shall not err therein. Today I believe that what God is teaching us, what Isaiah is teaching us is that when you are on a journey for God, you're safe, you're protected. But does that mean that there's not evil that's out there? He said, on this particular path, he said, I'm going to protect you. John chapter 10. I want to turn over there and read for just a minute. John chapter 10 talks about the protection and the safety that, 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 that God's people are going to get. John chapter 10, in verse 10, says this. The thief cometh not not saying the absence of the thief. He's just saying he's come to do this. But not for to steal, but the thief cometh not. But for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Do you know what a thief is? The Greek word I've always found interesting here, it comes from the word that we use, kleptomaniac. In the word klepto, if a person is a kleptomaniac, they do not steal for the sake of gaining something monetarily. It's just for the sake of stealing. You know what today, you and I today, the devil cannot steal your soul. If you're saved, you're kept by God. But that doesn't mean he doesn't try, does it? For those of us that are saved, think about the journey and the path that we're on. He said, you are on a path, he said. He said, for the wayfaring men shall not err therein. We are sheltered today. He said, and he goes on to say in that ninth verse, he said, there's no line there. You don't have that. For what does the Bible say the devil is? The Bible says that the devil is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do you know what Isaiah chapter 11 says? That he talks about in heaven that the lion and the lamb are going to lay down together. What makes heaven so beautiful is, it's not the fact that the lion doesn't exist it's the fact that the lion's lost its power. Folks, I believe that one day when God's people get together in a place called heaven, we will truly understand that not only the fact that the devil is cast into hell and he's bound there, but the fact that he's there in a place and he has lost his power over us. The lion and the lamb will lay down together. Yes, you and I are on a journey where the lion doesn't exist here in verse 9. He said there's no lion that's there. Aren't you glad today to know that you and I we're headed to a place we're on a path this morning we are wayfaring strangers that are on a journey today and there is no line. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist what we're saying is we cannot be conquered by the line. Folks even the greatest of, of, of evil that this world has even the Satan and all of his angels cannot take your soul away from God if you've been redeemed. Oh, but he's going to try, is he not? He may not take your soul, but he'll sure try to take your influence. What does he do? He'll put you on another path. He'll want to get you distracted and distraught. But listen to what here he says, for a thief cometh not. He's an, a, a thief. It's, it's, it's not only just a, a person that's like a kleptomaniac that they steal for the sake of stealing, but it's also an embezzler. You know what an embezzler is, don't you? It's a person that tries to take something without them knowing in other words, I take something from you without you knowing. I would be in a form of embezzling that from you, taking the value away from you without you knowing it. 
You and I today have to understand that the devil is trying to do everything he can to take what we have. But you know what? I'm on the king's highway this morning. What about you? He can't take it away. He can't take my joy. He can't take my happiness. He can't take these things away. We can give it to him. Do you agree in that? But can he take it? Yeah, David lost it. Psalms talks about how that he said, Lord, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. He gave it away, but he wanted these things back. He wanted that joy and that happiness with God back, for that's what he wants to do. A thief, he's an embezzler. And he said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I believe that God wants to protect us. And I believe that we have one that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy Psalms, we also read. Psalms 91 and verse 11 says this, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Again, Psalm 91 11 talks about how that, that God sends angels down to protect us from all the evil, all the harm that's around us. Let me ask you this. How many of you have evil around you? We all do. But are we safe from that. If you're a child of God and you're on the king's highway, you are safe. Listen to what we see here as he talks about that, that there's all these things that, that we have that God's going to provide for us. Isaiah 35th chapter and in that ninth verse, no lion shall be there nor any ravenous beast shall go up their own. The word ravenous actually is a word just like we read to you in John 10. It means the person that is a thief and a murderer. Can I read that to you again? No lion shall be there. He said not only is a lion that's trying to overcome you, he said there's no thief that's going to be there. Folks, how wonderful it is in heaven. None of these things exist. On the path to heaven, they don't exist. They, 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 God removes these things. And it shall be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. This morning I'm thankful to God that he's, that there is no ravenous beast that is going to be there. That God is going to protect us from the harm that we face in this life. For in the book of Acts chapter 20, the church endured a lot of things. We know that. Let me tell you this. The church still endures a lot of things right now. The church is going through so much adversity, so many attacks that are happening, and I pray that the attacks are not from within, but they're from without. But listen to what we read in the book of Acts, if I can, for just a minute. Chapter 20. I want to skip down to the 28th verse. Paul here talking about the, the, the elders here... The, the Ephesians here, he says, Take heed therefore unto you yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer. He said, I want you to feed the church of God to which he had purchased. Remember I said the required price, redeemed. Again, this theme keeps coming up with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, Paul said, as soon as I leave this place, and it's not because he is in Paul, it's talking about men of God that are trying to do the things that are right. He said, for this I know, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. That's what you don't want in the church is a wolf. The Bible says that the devil can be a wolf in sheep clothing. But he says, also of your own selves shall men arise, 
speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn you every night and day with tears. What he's telling them is that, that you have to be careful that, that there's evil that's always trying to come in. But just because it tries to come in doesn't mean that it should penetrate and be successful. There's one thing that the church needs to understand. That we're not exempt from the enemy. What God is saying is, I will give you victory over the enemy. In the book of Isaiah, he talks about how there'll be no ravenous beast that's going to be there. And notice what he talks about here in the 10th verse. Again, Isaiah 35 and 10 says, The ransom of the Lord shall return. Did you hear what he said? The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Oh, here they come. When these group of people are on the king's highway and they're on this journey and they're on this path and they're trying to accomplish the work that, that God wants them to do, then all of a sudden when they realize that there's no beast that's there, there's no lion that's there, there's no evil that's there, notice what happens. And they come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Aren't you glad this morning to know this? Is that God is going to give us the victory? Aren't you glad this morning to know that God is going to allow us to, to go down the highway we want that's going to allow us, I don't say that we want, that He sends us on so that we can accomplish what He wants. Let, let's look at Numbers for just a minute. We're going to get back again for just a minute in the New Testament, but let's look at the book of Numbers chapter 20 for just a minute. Numbers chapter 20. And in verse... Twenty-one. Here's what happens in one of the two places they were they were going through two kings' paths, and Edom says no. This is what happens in twenty-first verse. Then Edom refused to give Israel passage through the border, whereon Israel turned away from him. So what happened is God said, "This is the way I want you to go." So a second time, Moses sends out a word saying, "We're coming through." So you know what he said. Um. Skip down to the 27th verse. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. They went up to the Mount of Hor in the sight of all the congregation. Moses stripped Aaron his garments and put them upon uh, Eleazar, the son of Aaron. He died there on the top of the mount. And Moses and Eleazar came down from the mount. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron 30 days, even all the house of Israel. And when the king of Aaron the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard all that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel... And took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou will indeed deliver this thy people into my hand, then I will destroy, utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormon. So what happens is, is that when God's people are opposed, God said, I'm going to give you the victory over that. But you must realize is that he wants us to be able to obtain that victory. And that victory is obtained through his son, Jesus. I'm going to go back to the New Testament. I'm going to, before we begin, and I'm going to close in a minute. Luke chapter 3. Remember what the words that we read here that John the Baptist was coming to preach in Luke chapter 3. And notice what he says. 
in that fifth verse one more time. Every valley shall be filled. He said, on your journey through life, he said, all of your despair and all your doom and gloom, he said, I'm going to take those valleys. He said, I'm going to lift them up. Look at the road that you're on. You know what? God's people, we do experience valleys. But the truth is, folks, we should never go down in the valley because God said, instead of you going through that valley, He said, I'll make it. He said, notice what He said, every valley shall be filled. What about the hurdles that are ahead of you? He said, every mountain and hill, He said, will be brought low. So even the greatest, the King of Kings, the King's Highway, He said, I'm going to lower it, I'm going to make it right. Notice what He said, and also He said, the crooked places shall be made Straight. In other words, all the, the, the uncertainties, all the twists and the turns and the, the uncertainties we have in life, he said, I'm going to straighten them out. Here's one of the ones I truly like. The sandals, when you think about the shoes that they wear, when you're going across a smooth terrain like what we would have, it's probably not as big of a deal, but if you're going across a very rocky or very rough, rough terrain, it's not only going to be hard on the soles of your shoes, but it's also you're going to turn your ankles. and it's not, a very, it's not a very smooth path. Listen to what he said. The rough ways smooth. I'm not very graceful when I walk, and I understand that. You start putting rocks and you put an unlevel ground, I'm even less graceful. But God said, I'm going to take away things that are going to cause you to stumble and, and begin to stagger around. He said, I'm going to make it smooth for you. He said, how do I make it smooth? He said, I tell you, there's no lion there. There's no ravenous beast that's going to be there. There's nothing that's unclean there. He said, just simply go the king's highway. He said, and everything's going to be all right. It's a way of holiness. And here we see is that, that God wants us to have a journey. And that, that's exactly what happened in the book of Numbers is that God said, I want you to go down this highway. I want you to go away. And it was a major route that was there. And God today has a purpose and a place for you. But are you going to trust Him today? John the Baptist said he believed in one that was going to lift up the valleys. He was going to lower the mountains. He was going to straighten out the curves. He's going to make your life better. And I will say this, not to imply that your life is perfect as a saved person, but what I am saying is your life is better with Jesus than without Him. Anybody else agree with that? Your life is better with Jesus. And not only is the path better, but the one we've already alluded to two different times. Straight is the gate and narrows the way that leadeth to life everlasting. But there's also a broad way and that leads to destruction. What path are you on this morning? I can raise my hand and I can look at you all here today and say, I'm on a path that I know is safe and secure. I am nothing more today than a wayfaring stranger. That I may be afoot, but God is protecting me every step of the way. God bless you this morning. That's the words that I felt like I needed to say.